What are you eating there besides dry twigs and small animal bones? It's uh, jalapeno cheddar. Oh, I mean it sounds like you're sticking a screwdriver into a pencil sharpener. Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Leave! Get out of here! Get out of here! Uh, I think I'm gonna go read in the other room. Is that cool? Yeah. That's cool, man. See ya. Um, so, man. You gotta tell her I say hi. That's great. Hello? That sounds great. Bro, man, what's what up, dude? What else is going on? Yeah, good? my fantasy teams are off sorry. the chain, man. Right now, sorry. dude, do you see last week? I wait, he did I can't what? Hear you. Kaylee, I'm gonna have to call dude, you right no back. Dude, no way! Yep, I love no you. Way, no way, love no way, you. no way, no way! Dude, that's crazy, yep, man. Bye. Hey, did you see the game yesterday? Dude, when he wild back and he threw it to the end zone, I was like, there's no way he's gonna get No way he's going to get his feet in. Feet were in, end zone, win, game over. It was awesome. I had jalapeno cheddar like all over the room, man. It was awesome. Are you kidding me? just glad we don't act out on all our thoughts, huh? <laughs> that God has given us a filter to run it through, right? And we don't, how many know we are thinking those thoughts though, right? Oh, yeah. How many glad that people can't read your thoughts, right? <laughs> oh man, thoughts are powerful, they're important, and our actions flow out of our thoughts. Whatever's going on in here can come out. It really can. Whatever's up here can come out. So we're going to look at our thought life in this series called Rethink. 
and we're going to learn to rethink. We're going to learn to filter our thoughts. We're going to learn to take our thoughts captive, and we're going to learn to have the victory over our thought life. Because how, how many know that uh, thoughts are so important, and some of us have a lot of garbage in there? A lot of garbage in there is in there, and it's got in through other ways. But uh, we're going to try to figure out how to, again, get rid of that garbage and, and live in the thoughts that God has for us. Now, I want to let you know that I'm not an expert on this topic. I'm a pastor, and I understand the thought life, and um, I've read the scriptures, but I'm not like a, a speaking expert on this. But I felt just a strong desire to lead the church in this series, to go ahead and to help us to have victory in our thought life. And uh, I've read seven books preparing for this series. Um, I've just went over the Word. I've been praying on this. This has been percolating in me spiritually for several months. So I plan to give the very best that I can. want to let you know that it's a series. Each week is going to build upon the previous week. If you miss a week, you're going to need to get caught up because it it builds on the previous week. We might have a, a short review, but by all means, watch it online if you happen to miss a week. Uh, I want to let you know that uh, I guess part of the reason why I don't think I'm an expert on this topic is uh, when it comes to thoughts, when it comes to things that were put into my mind, I really believe that my parents did an exceptional job raising us. I can tell you that I was raised uh, and gave my life to the Lord when I was seven years old, and uh, the words that my parents spoke to me were life-giving. I never, I can tell you this, I never heard my parents swear in our home. I think my dad might have swore a couple times in his whole life, and I'm not sure, but I just remember afterwards he said, pardon my French, so I'm not sure what he was saying there. But it was just a life-giving home. I never saw them fight. I never saw objects being thrown around our home. Uh, I never accidentally stumbled upon my dad's stash of pornography because he didn't have a stash of pornography. I can tell you that I was raised in a home where my thought life was protected. The words that were spoken into me were life-giving. I can tell you that my parents would say, do you know we love you? Do you know we love you? Do you know we love you? They would say it so many times that when they'd walk by, they'd say, do you know? Yeah, 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 you love us. You love us. We got it. We know. There was a commercial when I was growing up, and it said, have you hugged your kid today? And we'd say, you did. You did. We got it. We got it. (laughs) You know? That's the type of home I was raised in, okay? So I didn't have to battle a lot of negative thoughts, a lot of bad thoughts. My parents spoke great things over me. They never yelled, you're an idiot. They never said, you'll never amount to anything. They spoke positive things over my life. Now, for some of you, though, you say, I really need this series because that's not how I was raised. You say, man, profanity, that's part of our home. You say, being told you're an idiot, that would be kind to the things that I heard. You battle thoughts and you battle things and wrong thoughts about God. You battle wrong thoughts about money. You battle wrong thoughts about family. You battle wrong thoughts about self-image. You look beautiful, but somebody said you're ugly or they said you're fat. And no matter how skinny you get, you can't shake the thought because it got in there. Somehow it got in there and something was put in that was negative that has controlled you. And the good news is, in this series, and by the power of God, I believe you're going to get set free. I believe people are going to have victory. You're no longer going to have those thoughts. You're going to have good thoughts. You're going to have godly thoughts. And we're going to learn to control our thought life. Now, in this series, like I said, I read a lot of books. And one of them was the book, As a Man Thinketh, by James Allen. Now, I'll summarize the book for you so you don't have to read it. It's a very popular book throughout history, and uh, I'll summarize it basically like this. If you have good thoughts, you're going to start doing good things. If you have 
bad thoughts, you're going to start doing bad things. And now you've read one book for the year. Right there. Easy enough, all right? That's the summary. But there was one good quote, and it's a good illustration, and I want you to understand this. He talks about your mind being like a garden. So if you can get the illustration of a garden. He said, a person's mind may be likened to a garden, which may be intelligently cultivated or allowed to run wild. But whether cultivated or neglected, it must and will bring forth. If no useful seeds are put into it, then an abundance of useless seeds will fall therein, and they will continue to produce their kind. So we are either going to put good seeds in on purpose, good thoughts into our mind on purpose, or bad things will just get in there on their own. Now, if you're a gardener, you would know this, but I'm not a gardener, but I do know this, I'm aware of this. You will plant the good seeds, and you have to be intentional to do that. You have to do nothing to grow weeds. They just have a way of being there. And what you have to do is learn to pull out the weeds so the good can grow and get all the nutrients that it needs, and the bad gets thrown away. So your mind is a lot like that. It's like a garden. So if you can have that picture through the series, what are you placing into your mind, and what are you pulling out? And it's your responsibility to do this. Now, our thoughts affect us in so many different ways, and the scripture that James Allen used to jump into that book and write it was Proverbs 23, 7. This is what the Bible says. It says, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. It's talking about somebody that's saying one thing, but thinking another thing. And he's saying, really, what you think in your heart, what's going on here, that's really who you are, and you're going to start acting out what's in your heart. And so we've got to look at the power of the mind and how it's connected to who we are. And let me say this first of all, uh, scientists and experts have figured this out, that your brain and your heart are connected. Not just that they're in the same body, but that your brain and your heart actually work together. There are 40,000 neurons or nerve cells that are in your heart that are similar to the ones that are in your brain. And your heart and your brain are actually connected in the way that your heart produces a hormone that affects your brain. Think about this. Your heart has a hormone that it produces that affects your brain, that stimulates behavior in your brain. And if you will, they've proven this now, that your heart actually acts like a filter for your brain. Your thinking thoughts. They might be wrong thoughts, evil thoughts, vindictive, revenge thoughts, whatever it is. And your heart, your emotions, your actual heart will have something that will serve as a filter so you don't act out on those things. And instead, it will redirect it and cause you to act out in a good way. What's interesting is I'm quoting something that's research that's being done uh, by a group. I think it's called Mind Math. And interestingly, one of the people from our church in the previous service said, I work for that company. I'm doing research on what you're preaching about. That's so incredible. And they said, our company is not Christian, just so you know. I said, it doesn't matter. It's interesting that what science is doing is proving what the Word of God says. That's why it says, guard your heart. Guard your heart. Because out of it flows things. Jesus said, it's not what's on the outside that makes you polluted. It's what's on the inside. Because what's on the inside comes out, and that's what really defiles you and makes you unclean. And it's interesting that science is proving that the heart and the mind are together, and the heart is like a filter for you. It's amazing. So it affects our heart. Another thing they found is that our thoughts affect our immune system. When you start thinking wrong thoughts, 
what happens is your immune system starts to break down and you become more susceptible to many of the things that people struggle with. It doesn't mean that all sickness is from you know, uh, our thought life, but they've said that up to 80% of our, our sickness and our mental anguish is coming just from our thought life. All of a sudden it gets in there and we start to get paralyzed and we bring on symptoms upon ourselves even though they weren't there. They've proven this. Another thing that they've proven through study is that our thoughts affect our digestive system. They've said absolutely you should not eat when you're angry. They've proven now that while you're angry, while you're thinking angry, mean thoughts, and you start to eat, there's something that happens in the digestive system that actually attaches itself to the food you're eating. It's almost as if an anger gene gets in the food and it becomes part of you. And they say you should not eat while you're angry. Some of you wait 30 minutes to swim after you eat. Some of you should wait 30 minutes after you're angry to eat, all right, you know? It's interesting. It's, it's, our thoughts are so powerful. Now, this is not a science lesson, but I need to lay the foundation because I want to just, again, tell you how important your brain is, how important your thoughts are, how fearfully and wonderfully made you are. You are made amazing. Your brain is absolutely amazing. You have 10 billion neurons in your brain right now. And the number of possible connections of what's firing and going on in your brain right now is more than all the known galaxies, which is approximately 50 billion, and all their stars. So imagine approximately 50 billion galaxies and all the stars that are part of those galaxies, and that's the power that's in your brain. It's firing. It has all these possibilities of firing and storing things and functioning and going on. Your brain is amazing. If we were to take a little piece of your brain about the size of a pea, about the size of of a pea of gray matter, the amount of complexity that is in your brain right there is more complex than the whole global telecommunications that's going on right now in the entire world. Your brain is amazing. And at this moment, your brain is processing about 100 million bits of information right now. While that's going on, your reticular activating system is kicking, eight, kicking out 98 million of those bits of information because it says you don't need them. Then it takes the 2 million that you're processing right now, and it says of these 2 million bits of information, you need about five to nine things that you can think about right now. That's it. About five to nine things. Now, some of you are like, I'm really good at multitasking. I might have like 20. And there's other you that are like, one, one. <laughs> One, I could go one to sit, you know, okay? <laughs> Average person has five to nine thoughts and things that you can be aware of that your mind is processing from all these bits of information. Now, here's something. With only five to nine things that you can be thinking about, I'm going to give you a new thought, and this new thought is going to kick out something that you had there, all right? Right now, you're sitting down at church, and I want to ask you, is your rear end comfortable? So now you're thinking about that. You weren't thinking about it before. You're like, all right, so something else got kicked out. You're like, oh, I lost my place in my Bible. I don't know what happened, you know. Okay. But it kicked something out. And I want to let you know, when we bought these chairs, I said, I want a one-hour cushion. That's why they're big, all right? Didn't want you to lose. If you only have five to nine thoughts, I don't want you to be thinking, man, I hurt. Man, I got to get out of here. I got to stand up. When is this thing over? I don't want that, all right? 
So I want good thoughts in your mind. That's why we pay attention to the temperature and all these other things. Because if you got five to nine, we want you to focus on what's going on with the sermon and what's going on with the Spirit of God, what's happening here, okay? So that's the way that we're made, and we have this ability to have these thoughts. Now, the most amazing thing about our brain and our thought life is our thought life has the ability to communicate with our spirit, with our soul. We are more than just a physical body. The Bible says that we have a soul or a spirit, okay? And our mind has the ability to communicate with our spirit. And we have the ability to think thoughts that are godly, that cause us to be built up in our spirit. We have this ability to interact, and that's an amazing thing about our brain. So in this series, let me give you a scripture that we're going to use, and there's going to be a few. This is one that we're going to do because we are going to get rid of the bad that is in there because for many of you, there are bad thoughts in there. We're going to get rid of them. Ephesians 4.31 says this in the Amplified Version. Let all bitterness and indignation and wrath, passion, rage, bad temper, and resentment, anger, animosity, and quarreling, brawling, clamor, contention, and slander, evil speaking, abusive or blasphemous language be banished from you with all malice, spite, ill will, or baseness of any kind. These are things we are going to banish from us. We are going to learn to find out where the thoughts came in that caused us to act out in these ways, and we are going to banish these things by learning to take control of our thoughts. If you will, for today, I'm praying that we can start the detoxification process. That there are poisonous thoughts that are in your mind that we need to detoxify. We need to give you time. We need to get other things into you, other positive things, other godly thoughts, and get rid of those old things that are in there and be able to get you to be healthy. Now, thoughts are introduced to you, and i got to tell you one more thing about your brain. It's amazingly created in this way. Whatever you see, hear, or experience, it processes and files. Whatever you see, hear, experience, it processes and it files it away. And your brain does not determine whether a thought or an idea is good or bad. It just takes in the information and files it. It's your responsibility to learn how to recognize, is it a good thought or a bad thought? Because your brain will take it in and just file it. It does it all day long, ever since you were born. It takes in thoughts and it files it away. Matter of fact, at night while you're sleeping, your brain kind of does this. It says, was that thought important? Should it be put up front, put in back? Should we suppress it? Where are we going with this one? And the whole night, if you will, your brain is basically filing things away. Now, here's the thing you've got to understand and why some of the things that dominate your life and control you are there. Sometimes with the intensity that things are said, your brain latches a hold of it. Maybe all you did is spill milk at the table, but your father or mother yelled, you're an idiot, you're a klutz, you're no good, and all you did was spill milk. But the intensity that it was said, your brain said, wow, that's pretty important. And then you walked away from there and you said, I'm an idiot, I'm no good, I'm not important. I'm worthless. And your brain goes, wow, you remembered it, so that must be important. And so you remembered it again, and you remembered it again, and you remembered it again, and your brain's like, wow, we got to keep that to the surface. This might be a dominating thought that needs to control this person because all they do is think about this. We better hold this one close. 
See how that happens? Matter of fact, just so you know this, within the first 24 to 48 hours from now on, whenever you get a thought, you're going to have to learn if it's a godly thought or an ungodly thought, and you're going to have to take control of it. We'll deal with the thoughts that are already in your mind that are there and help you to detoxify some destructive thoughts. But from here forward, within the first 24 to 48 hours, you need to decide, was that a good thought from God or is that a bad thought from the enemy? And you've got to learn the wrong thoughts. I'm not going to dwell on that. That does not define me. That is not the truth. This is the truth over here. And as a side note, if you are ever in a service and it resonates with you, if you are ever doing something in the Bible or in a church service or a Bible study, and there's something that the Holy Spirit speaks to you and says, that's for you, within the next 24 to 48 hours, go over it again, review it, maybe watch the sermon again online. We put them all on rivervalleychurch.org. We do live streaming. There are people probably watching right now that were at yesterday's service that are watching live stream at home, putting it back into their mind again. Thank you for doing that. You need to do that. So you're going to challenge the new thoughts. Are they good or bad? If they're bad, we're going to reject them. If they're good, we're going to embrace them within 24 to 48 hours. And then with the intensity that they're put in, they're either put in good or, or deep or just surface. Now, let me illustrate this. Anyone that has raised kids knows that the intensity that you say a word guarantees whether or not a child will remember it, right? Because you could be talking on the phone and you could be like, she's such an idiot. And your toddler, who has not spoken a word ever in their life, <laughs> will go, she's an idiot. She's an idiot. And you're like, no, 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 no. Daddy's an idiot. Say that with me. Daddy's an idiot. <laughs> And they're like, she's an idiot. She's a, it doesn't matter. It's in. It's like the intensity. They latch onto it. That's how your brain works. And some of you are wondering why you're controlled by those thoughts. It's because your brain heard your parent or your teacher or somebody say something and it was so strong. Or maybe the class laughed at you and it reinforced the emotion and the intensity of it. And your brain's like, wow, they're really dwelling on this. Let's hold this one. Okay, so we're going to have to learn to throw those out, evict them, and help us to move forward. So how do these thoughts get in? And they get in a lot of different ways. They get in from our family. They get in from our friends. That's why parents say, watch out who you're hanging out with. Watch out who you're hanging out with, because they're going to put thoughts in there. They get in from our teachers, and some of our teachers are amazing, and I thank God for amazing teachers. I remember once that one of my younger brothers uh, had a teacher that was known to be a little critical, and my mom said, he can't handle that criticism. He will not thrive in that class. I've got to take him out. He will not be motivated by criticism. He's not that kind of child. She only did it once, but she said, I just can't have him be with that teacher. But sometimes our, our teachers do destructive things, but most of the time our teachers are amazing, and I thank you for being teachers. There are people that put things in through the internet. There's media and the marketing, and they are experts at putting thoughts into our mind, trying to evoke emotions that attach to the thought, if I buy this, if I have this, I will have the good life. Another thing that happens is the devil. He puts in thoughts in our mind, and that's his strategy, to put in lies. And yes, we believe in the devil, and we have an enemy, the devil, and we're not going to be naive and ignorant about him. Matter of fact, 2 Corinthians 2.11 says this, so that no advantage would be taken of us by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his schemes. He has schemes and a strategy, and his scheme and strategy is to fill your brain with lies. That's his strategy. He will fill your brain with lies. And if you don't believe me, 
Just open your Bible someday to Genesis and start reading and watch what the devil does. Did God really say to do that? I think he's trying to keep the good life away from you. He knows that if you do this, you'll be better. Lie, lie, lie. And he plants those lies in there. Well, all of a sudden, the brain's thinking, oh, he's probably lying to me. God's probably lying. He's lying. I should take that. That would be way better. I should take that. And that should be the way I should go. He's been lying ever since. And so he tries to throw these thoughts into our minds. We're going to have to learn to evict these bad thoughts. And the key scripture for this is 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We are going to take our thoughts captive, and we have the ability to take our thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. Romans 12, 1 and 2 will also be a key scripture in this series. It says this, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now in Romans, we see this from God's word, that there's a pattern. The word pattern there, it means scheme. Don't be conformed anymore to this pattern, to this scheme that's going on. But what you need to do is you need to renew your mind with God thoughts. You need to renew your mind, and it's possible to do this, and science has proven that you can redo your mind. You may say, well, I'm addicted to this. I'm addicted. I'm addicted. They've proven that you can reprogram your mind, and then you can live in victory. That's what God's Word said long before science confirmed this. And it says you can be transformed. That's where we get the word metamorphosis. You can be changed. You may have been this, but by transforming your mind, you're going to metamorphose. You're going to change. You're not going to be in with that old scheme anymore. You're going to be in with the way that God wants you to think, and you're going to be a different person in Jesus Christ. One more thing. These are the positive things we want to think about. Key verse, Philippians 4.8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things things. This is what we're going to do. We're going to change our thoughts. We're going to take them captive. We're going to say those thoughts, we're going to evaluate all of our thoughts, the things that have been controlling our life. Are they of God or not? And if they're not, we're evicting them. We're going to take them captive. They are out. And we are going to start transforming our mind by the power of God that he gives us. We're going to work with him. Some of you say, why, why won't God just erase my mind? Why won't he just wipe the hard drive clear, you know? I mean, I wish he would. He gets way more glory if you work with him and you take those painful things and transform into the new you and you still remember what you used to be like and you can remember what used to dominate you and you can go and help others that are dominated by those same thoughts be set free, okay? So he's going to get glory as you transform your mind and become like Christ, get the mind that he wants you to have. Now, last thing before we go here, um, I want to read something from Escaping the Matrix, the book about the mind from Greg Boyd that, that I used. I used uh, Escaping the Matrix as a book that I lean on. And then also another one, uh, uh, Who Switched Off My Brain, uh, is another one that by Carolyn Leaf, uh, a great book. Uh, but I want to read this little quiz that he has. He has a little quiz and he says, find out if these statements about you resonate or not, because these are true thoughts about you as a follower of Jesus Christ. And for a lot of people, you'll read these, I'll read them to you, and you'll go, yeah, that's me. I resonate with that. There's others, you'll go, 
yeah, I don't think that way. I struggle with that one. So let's say on a scale of one to 10, one is I don't think that way at all. I battle with that one. I can't even believe that one's true about me. And 10 is, yep, I got it, no doubt, rock solid, it's in there, believe it. Matter of fact, when you said it, I smiled because that's me. I got it, all right? And you'll have to figure out what five, six, seven, eight are, all right? <laughs> First one here. And by the way, these are true of you if you're a follower of Jesus Christ. If you are not a follower of Jesus Christ, these are not true about you, but they could be true about you if you gave your life to Jesus Christ. And if that's you and you want to do that at the end of the service, there'll be prayer teams all across the front and they will pray for you and they would lead you into a personal relationship with Jesus. So let me read these for you and see how these resonate. Number one, I am God's beloved child. Man, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you smiled at that one. Number two, I am completely forgiven, perfectly righteous and free from condemnation. Some of you still struggle with that. You're new to the faith. And every time I give an opportunity for somebody to give their life to Jesus, you raise your hand again because you're just not sure if you're perfectly free. You know you said the prayer, but you're still not sure. Man, you got to resonate with that one. I am God's glorious temple and am filled with his fullness. I am holy and blameless. I am the recipient of an eternal, infinitely rich inheritance. I am inseparable from God's love and will never be abandoned. I am the beautiful bride of Christ who ravishes the heart of God. I am the one over whom the Lord rejoices with singing. I am the one for whom the Lord throws a party. When you gave your life to Jesus, he threw a party. Heaven celebrated. Do you believe that? I just really feel strongly there's people that as I'm reading this, you're just like, that, I, I, I don't feel that. I don't have that. You need to have that. You need to win the victory. Lies have been put in there. Here's what happened. Lies have been put in, and these are truths of God's word. You are indwelled by a fearless spirit of love and self-control. You are more than a conqueror in all things. But here's the problem. All those lies were put in, and then you come to church, and the church is trying to help you. You're trying to hear God's word, and you're hearing things like this, and all of a sudden you're like, Really? That's me? Because all the lies were put in there first. So now the church is late to this, and we're trying to help you to get straightened up. We're trying to tell you what God's Word says, and all of a sudden it's coming like a revelation to you, and you got a problem. Do I believe the old thoughts, or do I believe the new thoughts? The old thoughts need to be subject to the thoughts of Jesus Christ. The old thoughts will be evicted. The thoughts that God has for you in His Word are true, and they will overcome the lies of the enemy if you will embrace what God says about you and evict those thoughts. We will not let those thoughts define us. But those thoughts are true, and so I have homework for you. All right? For those of you that are now in the new year, you're doing soap with us, and I pray that you are. What do I mean by that? Scripture, observation, application, prayer. Okay, if you're not doing soap with us, by all means, excel beyond that and read more of the Bible than we're asking you to reach as, read as a church. But if you're not reading your Bible, then please do soap. Do not be disobedient. As your pastor, I'm giving you the tool to help you grow spiritually. You can either embrace it or not. You can say, well, I'm just an attender. No, you're not. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you're a disciple. And if you're part of this church, let's run the play, Okay. So we've got a thing on our website, Scripture Observation Application Prayer. We're reading through the book of Mark right now. If you missed the other chapters, just start with today. No condemnation. Let's go. All right? But as you're doing your soap journal and you're writing things down, I want you to do this. 
I want you to honestly evaluate your life and say, are there things that are controlling me? Are there thoughts that are controlling me? Do I have outbursts of these things that we want to banish, like Ephesians said? Do I have anger? Do I have malice? Do I have bitterness? Do I have an addiction? Do I have struggles? And if you recognize those, I want you to write them down in your journal. I am taking authority over these, and I am taking them captive. Then I want you to ask yourself, do you have beliefs that are destructive? Things like this. I'm worthless. I'm stupid. I'm no good. I can never win. I'll never change. God has favorites, and I'm not one of them. If you have destructive thoughts, I want you to write those down in the margin of your journal. I want you to take them captive as a first step. I take that captive. I recognize that as a thought that is not from God. That thought is being evicted. And if you want, you can bring your journal with you to church next week. You can hold them in your hands like they are captive, and we are going to get rid of these things. We are going to renew our mind. We are throwing these out, and we are going to embrace the good. You're going to take those thoughts captive, and you're going to start saying, I am going to overcome them, and you're going to start thinking about the good things that God has for you. So there's your homework. Start doing an inventory. Take a moment. Sit down. What are the thoughts that define me? What are the thoughts that are controlling me? Is there an instance, is there an incident that just controls you, that you can't get past? You were fired. You were yelled at. Your spouse left you. Your parent destroyed your confidence. A teacher spoke not life-giving words over you, but destroyed you. Just write those down and say, I'm taking that captive. That is not going to define me anymore. In this series, at this moment, God has me in the right spot, and I am going to have victory over these things. They will not define me. I will have victory over them in Jesus' name.